hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Writing Fiction with A.N. Writer. I'm your host, and today we're going to be talking about terms or slang in that publishers and writers use. Let's jump right in. You may know what MG means, what YA means, but there are lots of terms in writing and publishing that are not well known that I'm going to explain today. Half will be terms in writing and others will be more publishing terms. Okay, now let's start off with one that lots of you know. A manuscript. A manuscript is a book basically before it's a real book. Basically, a manuscript is when you're writing the book, but it's not before it's printed, before it's published. All that, it would be considered a manuscript. MG. What is MG? Middle grade. Stands for middle grade, which is the category of books for readers ages 8 to 12. YA, probably know this one, means young adult, uh, which is literature for ages 13 to 18. Um, Next, moving on from age categories, got a bio. Uh, Bios are a sentence or two, a paragraph could be about the author of whatever book or about you if you're the author (laughs) and okay novel is of course a book from 70k to um to could be up from that usually around 120k at the limit and then a novella is a not novel length but not short story length it's kind of in the middle It's about 10k words to 40k words. Pen name. What's a pen name? A pen name is a fake name that authors could display on their books. You could have a real name on your book or you could have a pen name. Uh, It's basically a pen name is a name that you put on your writing that's not your legal name. Sometimes a pen name is called a nom de plume or a pseudonym. But people say pen name because it's way easier than pronouncing words with silent p's byline. What is a byline? This is the name of the person who says it wrote the book. It connects to pen name. Basically, whatever the name of the author, whatever the author name is on the book, that's the byline. This would be you if you were the writer. Uh, it could be a pen name or a, or your real name. Uh, you, you would even have your name on the book. That would be the, your name would even be the byline if you had a ghostwriter. What is a ghostwriter? Anyway, we'll get into that later. Blurb. A blurb is a part on the back of the book that tells you the plot. Sometimes the blurb has an expert from the book um, on the back, uh, but that wouldn't be considered a book. I mean, not blurb, that would be considered a clip. Uh... If there's an expert from the book on the back, a clip from the book on the back, uh, 
that they usually have that for hardcovers. You can usually find the blurb on the inside jacket of the book if it's a hardcover. Um, uh, the blurb is also, you could also consider the author's bio on the back of the book or quotes from other authors or magazines um, a blurb. Next, synopsis. A synopsis is a summary of a book, but of course you guys probably know that. A synopsis is part of the blurb. Uh, basically, the resume. Oh, sorry, that's Spanish. Um, yeah, basically just a summary. A synopsis is called a summary, but a summary would be the outline, basically. But a synopsis is just not an outline, just what you want your reader to know before they start reading. So you won't spoil any of the plot. You guys probably know what I mean. Oh, and I already said this. Clips is an expert from a book. Next, Hilo, uh, spelled H-I-L-O. Uh, that Hilo uh, is a book that's like an interesting topic, but for readers at a low reading level. Uh, and by low, I mean like kindergartners, first graders. A hook. A hook is a part of the book that makes the book special or it makes it different from other books. Like if you were like if someone asked you what's the hook of your book, you'd say you'd say the thing that makes your book special or different or unique or what makes it itself. Copy editing. There are multiple types of editing after a draft, as you probably know. One of them is just like full on rewriting, but we're not talking about that right now. Copy editing is editing your manuscript for grammar, punctuation, and factual accuracy, and blah, blah, blah. All the stuff you learn to edit your writing for in school. Uh, so basically just spell check and grammar check. Line editing. Another type of editing is line editing. Line editing is when you edit your writing line by line. Like you look at a line you've just written. Let's say the line was Jack sneered at what Red Riding Hood said. <laughs> That's an awful line, but just an example. During line editing, you'd be going along, changing each line of your story. Not each line, but lines that need editing. So, for example, you could change that. Jack sneered at what Red Riding Hood said. Obviously, before that, you'd have a line dialogue with what Red Riding Hood said. You could change it to Jack sneered at Red Riding at Red's comment on beanstalks. He knew what she said about them wasn't true, mainly from personal experience. You can kind of take it from that, the, your lines from that first draft phase, draft phase, to that, boom, now we're getting into real story mode. <laughs> um, you can add stuff to your line or cut it completely, or you can cut part of the line, or you can change a couple words or add words, whatever. There are also other types of editing, other than line and copy editing, like editing your plot and your timeline, but I'll go over those in a completely different episode. Flash fiction. What is flash fiction? Flash fiction is like a short story, but shorter. A short story is in between a novella, which is uh, 10K at the least. So a short story is from 1,500 words to 10,000 words. So flash fiction is shorter than that. Flash fiction is 1,500 words or below. 
and sometimes flash fiction is called a short short, which is a very odd name, but whatever. T-O-C, that's table of contents. And then the last one for this writers, writing category of writer slang, is serial fiction. Not spelled like the food cereal, but spelled like how serial killer would be spelled. <laughs> like S-E-R-I-A-L fiction. Serial fiction is a book or a manuscript split into different parts, maybe chapter by chapter or something like that. And all these parts are published separately. Maybe the parts are published on a blog or by a magazine or on Wattpad or something like that. Oh, and then ghostwrite. And then now we're moving into uh, terms used in publishing and terms having to do with agents and stuff like that. So you can just like stop listening if you're not interested in that stuff. But these are useful to know because you will hear a lot of people say these terms. Uh, so yeah, ghostwriter. I brought this up earlier uh, when I said when I said like uh, about when I was talking about bylines uh, and that you would even have your name on the book if you used a ghostwriter. So a ghostwriter is okay. Let's say you have an idea for a book or maybe an article or a poem or something like that. You maybe you don't want to write it. Maybe you feel like you can't flesh it out yourself, but you still have that idea in your brain. You could hire someone, these people named ghostwriters, to actually write your story. They do the writing, you do the idea plotting. So it'd be your idea and your characters and your world building and all that stuff. They would be the ones actually typing out the words. Ghostwriters are paid uh, by the by the idea person. Sometimes... It's a flat fee and sometimes with a percentage of the book's earnings. Uh, so even if you use a ghostwriter, the ghostwriter doesn't get any, uh, like, doesn't get mentioned in the acknowledgements unless you want to. Like, it's not, it's not, you don't need to acknowledge the ghostwriter anywhere. You don't need to put their name on the book cover, like, written by whatever. You would put, the idea person would put their name. An end cap. You may have heard this uh, before, and even if it sometimes it doesn't even have to do with publishing and writing, but basically an end cap is okay. Let's say you've been to a bookstore or a library before, which you have, I bet. <laughs> so these are the books um, at the end of an aisle. Uh, sometimes in bookstores, sometimes publishers pay for their books to be on the end caps of an aisle because people, their customers, where they earn money from, usually pay attention to the books on the end cap more than the books in the middle of a shelf. Well, at least I know I do. Um, so, yeah. Galleys. This is when you write a book. Technically, it's still a manuscript at this point, And the writing hasn't been divided into pages, so that would be called a galley. Okay, midlist. A midlist is a collection of books, a ton of books that the publisher has bought and is printing, but that aren't expected to be huge New York Times bestsellers, but aren't expected to be, to not do well, but they're expected to be in the middle, kind of sell 
mid well, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Query. I bet you've heard this term a million times if you were looking to publish your piece of writing. A query is a letter that an author sends to an agent or sometimes a publisher um, to make them want to represent your novel or buy your novel or something like that. But I'm going to make a whole episode uh, on that later because it's like so complicated and not very simple. Okay, but moving on to the next term, self-publishing. So you may have heard of traditional publishing. That's when an author author publishes a book by selling it to a publisher and they publish the book technically, the publishers. And the publishers print it and blah, 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 blah. And sell it, pitch it to bookstores like Barnes & Noble or maybe your local bookstore to sell it there. That's how you might say the normal way of publishing is. That's what lots of people would say. But self-publishing is an author prints it they pitch it to bookstores, they create their own cover, they're in charge of the book. A downside of self-publishing, though, is that you lose money. Uh, when in traditional publishing, well, of course, in self-publishing, you can also gain money, but first you have to lose money to gain it. But in traditional publishing, you don't lose any money, you only gain some. You, you can lose time, though, by writing it, but you also lose time uh, in self-publishing when you write the novel. But that's just writing. You could consider it losing time. And then, this term, the next term that I'm going to talk about, isn't... Most people, lots of people, probably wouldn't know this term. Uh, but some people do. So if someone says this to you, at least you'll know what it means. And if not... You can always show up to your friends how many cool publishing terms you know. Schmagent. Yes, it's a thing. This is an agent, a literary agent, that isn't credible, that isn't a good agent, that's basically a scam agent. You do not want to have a schmagent. You want to have a real agent. Okay, now I'm going to move on to the last pitch. I mean, the last term, which is elevator pitch. Uh, this is a really, really weird term, so I just wanted to clear up that it's not, it doesn't have to do with elevators. Well, I mean, it does, but it doesn't. So, it's basically a refined, short pitch, your basic plot about your book that takes the amount of time that, the amount of time that you spend on the pitch that you talk is the time it takes to travel in an elevator. So you have to say it really snappily, snappily, like in a snap, um, and you just have to be really quick about it. Yep. Thank you guys for listening to this episode, and I hope you learned some writing and publishing terms that you didn't know, and I'll see you next time, next Wednesday. Bye.